Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 53 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Adam, and I'm joined by Jill. How's it going, Jill? I'm good. How are you? I am doing fantastic. I, we are finally perfectly set up in our glorious sound studio area. I know. It looks so professional. It really does. I, <laughs> even the the like sound-deadening stuff looks like it's set up a way that just looks really cool it does agree um anyway we're really happy about it there's no possible way anyone can understand how much stress you and i went through last week no trying to i tried to like explain to some of our coworkers because we had to delay the recording of this episode and i'm like i just you guys you don't understand mm-hmm. <laughs> jill and i spent multiple hours in a room with a computer that simply wouldn't work and we were just like sitting in silence doing our work waiting for something to itself. Yep. Anyway, none of this is important, and I'm sorry for bringing it up immediately. Jill, tell us what this episode is about. So, um, this episode is all about musician memoirs and rock biographies. Yes, it is. We decided um, Bruce Springsteen's memoir came out this week, and it's a very big deal. The boss. Yes, the boss. And so, we decided to do a whole episode that's all about that sort of genre of of books and as it happens two of our librarians here on staff at the overdrive company have backgrounds in working with music libraries yeah they it was very serendipitous it worked out really great i know i didn't even really need to talk which is good because i would have no idea i will say this though funny story (laughs) go on um, I was like, I don't have anything to contribute to this episode. And then somewhere along the line, like, this shows just how completely unprepared I was. Or, like, I should not be have been in this episode at all. Um, I talk about how I wish Tori Amos wrote a memoir. She did. <laughs> like, ten years ago. I read it. Okay, that, that's the best thing ever. That is absolutely fantastic. Was, like, later, like, I made that comment about how I wish she wrote a memoir. And then... Like, later in the episode, totally past that point, all of a sudden in my head, I'm like, I think she Not did. only did she write it. I'm pretty sure I read it. Uh, well, <laughs> I'll be honest. I, You were, if it's one of the two of us who's going to host, which we, that's how this yeah. whole thing works, you were still better than I was because <laughs> I was listening to it and I realized I don't know that I've ever read uh, a memoir from a musician. So I have a ton of books that I'm really excited to read now because it just never occurs to me to do that right i know and i always think about oh my god these people live amazing lives i wish i knew more about them oh books exist (laughs) and i could just read them uh so i'm excited i have there's a whole bunch of them on here that i loved all of the musicians you guys were talking about yeah it's it's a a, good it's a good episode yeah um not much singing from any of you guys which i was shocked by which is the only thing i would have contributed was bad singing (laughs) Uh, Which, guess what? Next week, we actually, this is the first of two music-themed episodes we're doing. The second one, the next one. There might be singing. Oh, there's going to be singing. (laughs) There will be singing. It's like a terrible sequel to There Will Be Blood. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah. There will be be singing, and it will be bad. Um, How can people get a hold of us if they're interested? They can find us on Facebook and Twitter. I say us. It's really you. (laughs) Well, it's you're like, the person behind so social media. We're working on getting a well, Facebook and Twitter. Yes, yes. The, the email though, that's us. That's us. That's, yeah, they can email us directly. 
at feedback at overdrive.com. We read all of those. We respond. We offer book recommendations. We do. Not only do we offer book recommendations, but sometimes we get book recommendations. That's true, too. But more to your point, which is more the reason of the email, we do. If you tell us what books you like and what episodes you like, things of those, you know, along those lines, we can offer you book recommendations. Yeah. I've done it on Twitter a few times, and it works out really well, but... It works better when I'm in the office and I can come, like, ask the other librarians and everyone here. When I'm flying solo at home, I'm just like, here's a book that is kind of like that book that I've read. It's adjacent, so here. But no That's complaints close. so far. So. Yeah. Yeah. Any, anything else people should know about for this episode? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Sounds good. All right. Well, I hope everyone enjoys this episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. I'm your host, Jill. With me today, I have Liz and Rachel. Hello, ladies. Hey, Jill. Hello. So we are recording this on a Tuesday, September 27th. I have to like check my clock because I can't remember. Um, kind of a big book came out today, right? The Boss. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you want to talk about it, Rachel? Because I remember you had mentioned this on the previous episode, this one you were looking for. Yes, to. I had earlier this year when it was announced. I was so excited because I'm a huge Springsteen fan myself. I've seen him well over 25, 20 times live. And this is, you know, obviously his first memoir. And there haven't been a lot of books about his personal life written that in depth right. in the music field in recent years. So I think it's going to be a huge eye-opening experience for a lot of people and we'll get a lot of deep insights and oh, I just can't wait to get home tonight <laughs> so I can start reading it. So because of this book coming out, we decided it would be kind of fun to do a whole episode that was all about, you know, rock biographies and musical memoirs and all of that stuff. And both of you have experience with this genre through your jobs, previous jobs, correct? Yep. Yeah. Someone want to start and kind of Okay. Um, well, I used to work at a uh, the Bowling Green State University's Music Library and Sound Recordings Archives. It's, it's a bit of a mouthful, um, but it is an awesome library and archives. <laughs> and um, so it would serve the population of the um, School of Music for the college for you know for the university students and faculty. And then we also had a huge collection of popular music. Um, you know, from 1900 to the present, and um, and that was just like LP, like just we had like a million sound recordings between LPs, CDs, 45s, 78s, all that stuff. And um, it's a little, it's a little, it's not a well-known mm-hmm. library unless you're in the music library world kind of thing. But mm-hmm. um, it's a pretty amazing collection. So. Did you like just listen to LPs like all day long? I wish I did. I did have a turntable at my desk because I um, I did um, like transfers for scholars, um, uh, things like that. Uh, but I did occasionally get the ability to just kind of uh, look up a, look up an album in the collection and then go pull it out of the stacks and listen to it at my desk. Yeah, I'm kind of jealous. About that. <laughs> it was pretty. It was definitely one of the coolest parts well actually there was a lot of cool parts but it was a cool part of my job yeah 
And Rachel? Um, yeah, before I came to Overdrive, I worked as a project archivist at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Museum Library and Archives. So I was there as the Library and Archives was opening. So I was um, hired to help kind of establish the collections at the library and get everything ready for the opening. And it was a great experience getting to work with a lot of the collections and seeing a lot of the, you know, music books that we had there. And we had a lot of records as well. And we did have a record player in the archives processing room. So, Liz, we did get to do that as well. And I will (laughs) say that it was a very awesome part of the job. So I think, yeah, working with music is definitely a big part of my background. That makes you perfect for this podcast episode. It's amazing how that works out. I know, right? I know. Um, So I'm assuming then you guys have read a lot of books related to, is it like a safe assumption that you've read a lot of books related to music? Mm -hmm. Do you have any favorite musical memoirs out there? Well, um, my personal favorites are, um, I really enjoy the journalist collections. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of my personal favorites is this book called Everyone Loves You When You're Dead by Neil Strauss. And it's just um, these assembled interviews of these various musicians. And they're kind of thematic. So like one section is about um, musicians and they mention religion. And then there's like another section that mentions you know, I, 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 it's been a while, <laughs> but I just remember I really, really loved it. I haven't uh, returned to it in a while. Um, so, and some of my other favorites are like some of those, like Tom Waits on Tom Waits, where mm-hmm. it's just a collection of all these different interviews that somebody assembles together. So those are actually kind of, it's kind of my, my thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, I'm really into the memoirs. <laughs> the musician memoirs are I've that's probably I don't know 50% of what I read lately it okay. seems like because it's been such a popular genre in general it seems like every other week I hear about another musician has a book coming out and I always get excited and I always look forward to reading them as far as favorites go um Patty Smith's two books I would say are probably up there with mine Just Kids which won the National Book Award a few years ago and M Train which came out last year both of those I think were fantastic reads and I love Patty Smith's writing and I love how personal she is about all of her life experiences not just necessarily in the music industry so yeah Just Kids was the story of her life with Robert Maplethorpe when she first moved to New York and then M Train was um a bit all over the place but in the best way possible Like, it had stories about her and her cats and how much she loves binge-watching the show The Killing. Sure. sure. (laughs) Which I, in turn, went around and binge-watched myself and loved. And then it has all these wonderful stories about, you know, like, tours she did and people she's met. So it just kind of really gives a really good insight into the, you know, life of, you know, a huge superstar who people, you know, look up to, who I personally look up to quite a bit. So I really like those kind of stories where you hear a lot about their actual life mm-hmm. and not necessarily just the music industry like um kim gordon from sonic youth wrote a book last year called girl in a band that was very deep and very personal and that was another favorite of mine earlier this year moby came out with a memoir called porcelain and it was all about his life before he came famous before he became famous like the book ends with his hit album coming out or like Mm -hmm. after he had just recorded it so it was all about you know being able to you know when you could still squat in buildings in new york and be an artist there and how he you know became one of the most famous electronic musicians in the world but it was his life before that you know i um 
I read Rat Girl by Kristen Hirsch, who is from the Throwing Muses, mm-hmm. and her, she ha- she wrote the most one of probably one of the most amazing memoirs I've ever read. It it's based off of a diary that she wrote in one year of her life, just one year, and she it's it's written in like first person present tense, so it, you it's it reads like fiction. You can't even tell that it's someone reminiscing. There's no introspection. There's no like oh looking back. I, you know, now I have this kind of revelation about uh, my time then. It's like none of that is there. It's just like a story about this girl. And it's it's just like it's crazy. At 18 years old, while she's in college and the band is starting to take off, they're doing really, really well. She's diagnosed with bipolar disorder and um, is on medication for a really short amount of time and then finds out she's pregnant and goes off the medication. And it just um, and and she's... um, it's just kind of amazing. Like, I don't know. Sorry. I'm just kind of <laughs> throwing that in Don't apologize for liking a book. Yeah, that's true. That's okay. That's good. All right. Um, and I think you, so you said you, you like the, the rock journalists more. Mm-hmm. What is it about those that you like so much? Uh, I like the diversity of the musicians. Um, I like that, um, they have kind of a, I don't know. I like how they're just really, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I, I don't know. I just really like them. Like Ellen Willis um, wrote this book called Out of the Vinyl Deeps, and it was just really great. And it, it had, some of it has a lot of opinions, but other times it's like taking a step back and just observing and like kind of telling the story uh, from like an observer's perspective. And 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 you just kind of get a lot more of that um it's a lot more verbal. Like, it's just all about conversations, you know, than someone telling you something. It's more like you're, there's just, I don't know, it's hard to explain. No, that's okay. <laughs> and Rachel, what is it that attracts you to, you just like getting sort of their inside peek? Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, that's my favorite thing. I love, you know, hearing, I think there's this sort of, or at least on my end, I don't know if I can speak for everything, everyone else, but, you know, like an obsession with rock stars and, you know, wanting to, you know, be like them and wanting to do everything that they do. But when you read these books, it really just lets you know that, you know, they are pretty much normal people for mm-hmm. the most part, you know, very creatively talented, amazing people. But they, you get, really get a glimpse into their normal lives and kind of what inspires them and what makes them successful in their own rights and successful in their careers. And I think you can learn a lot from them in those aspects of, you know, things that they specifically did or even just, you know, ways of thinking that they share and just their perspective is really eye-opening. So that's why I like reading those. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, so are there any that, you know, that are out now that have been like on your to be red pile that constantly grows all the time. But do you have any that are sort of out there that you just haven't had a chance to read yet? Other than Bruce Springsteen's, of course. Um, oh gosh, let me see. There's um, ones that are out. A um, Philip Glass actually wrote a memoir oh. last year. That would be good. That called Words Without Music, and I haven't read that one yet. Um, Donald Fagan from Steely Dan wrote a book a few years ago <laughs> that I've been wanting to read so bad, and that one's been on my list. I have a feeling that one's going to, since he's so so talented and 
multi-dimensional, if you will, if you're a Steely Dan fan, mm-hmm. you'll know <laughs> what I mean by that. I have yes. a feeling that book's going to take a lot of energy to read in the best way possible. Yes. So <laughs> I could see that, that one's been on my list for a while. Um, yeah, and then there are some that I'm that are coming out soon that I'm excited about, like. Okay. Um, Next month, Phil Collins that's has right. a memoir coming oh, yeah. out. Yeah, that's going to be which, a big one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I have two ears and a heart, so obviously I love <laughs> Phil Collins for any 30 Rock fans if you get that reference. Um, that one and um, Peter Hook from New Order and Joy Division has a book coming out soon. And I actually read his – this is actually his second book, and his first one came out a couple of years ago, and that one was called – Unknown Pleasure, and that was about his life inside Joy Division. Mm-hmm. And then this one is about everything related to New Order. Okay. So, and I really enjoyed his first one because I'm a big Joy Division fan. But I also I like I like New Order, I guess. So I'll read it. <laughs> More of a Joy Division sure, fan, so I think sure. this one should be interesting. But I think he's a he was a fabulous writer. I really liked the first one. And um, Johnny Marr from The Smiths has a book coming out later this year as well, called Set the Boy Free. And I read Morrissey's autobiography a couple of years ago, too, so I think it'll be interesting to see his perspective on things. It'll be interesting. Yes. I guess that's true. That wouldn't that really occur to me that, you know, if you have with bands especially, mm-hmm. you know, kind of seeing the, the different sides of the same story. Mm-hmm. I would love to read, like, a Ray Davies, Dave Davies. Mm-hmm double bar like different biography yeah. perspectives that would be quite like from the kinks yeah <laughs> <laughs> gotta say that just in case you know that's true just in case just in case um <clears throat> that would be pretty pretty fascinating yeah another one that's coming out soon that i think a lot of people are going to be really interested in i think comes out in january is called um spider from mars and it's by um woody woodmancy i think that's how you pronounce it and he was in David Bowie's band oh, when he was recording yeah. Ziggy Stardust. So it's all about just the process of recording and being on tour with Bowie. So I think there's going to be a lot of extra interest. Oh, yeah. In that. Oh, yeah, for sure. So that one's Bowie's I've been looking for. Too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Bowie. Yeah. Did you read um, Rob Sheffield's new book on Bowie, Liz? No. I started it, um, but it expired and oh. I had to return it before <laughs> I could finish it up. I was listening to it and I go through phases where I listen to a lot of audiobooks and then I don't for a while and then I do and then I don't. So. How, what, so now that we're on the subject of Rob Sheffield, mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. we need to talk a little bit more about him. <laughs> I love Rob Sheffield. <laughs> I, could, we, I could talk about him all day, so let's go for it. Okay. Well, I, um, I've i read Love as a Mixtape, mm-hmm. and it was a big deal for me. Like mm-hmm. It was pretty pretty powerful. And um, But, you know, you and I actually had this discussion a little bit earlier last week where we were talking about his second most recent book, uh, turn around bright eyes about mm-hmm. karaoke and you and I personally was like oh, I don't like karaoke much at all not even Rob Sheffield can turn me on to karaoke what? you don't like karaoke yeah. Yeah, don't well I think <laughs> I, I like karaoke sure but <laughs> I, when I heard that it was a book about karaoke I was like well okay but I'm gonna read it anyways because it's Rob <laughs> Sheffield and I love him but I don't know if – I don't think this is a huge spoiler by saying this in any way, but um, Rob Sheffield's first wife died very suddenly of a brain aneurysm. And so he talks about that in Love is a Mixtape when that happens. And then Turnaround Bright Eyes was 
I guess after his wife passed away, when he was sort of dealing with that loss, he would go to this karaoke studio and sing Totally Clips of the Heart, like, by himself. Sure. And that was how he dealt, you know, with a lot of his emotions was going to this karaoke bar and singing, you know, the lyrics that he was feeling that other people had written. And that was a big part of his grieving process. So I'm sitting there just reading this, just trying to picture... You know him. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Uh, like, totally just, the yeah, just just is your breakup song? Just like, a like... sad guy singing that song alone, and it was just so heartbreaking to me. But at the same time, when you think about it, like to me, you know, as a huge music lover and music fan, that's the perfect way to grieve. It is, but there's also like a part of you that's like you hear. When I hear Totally Clips the Heart, all I can see are those, like, weird dancers with yeah. the glowing eyes yep. on the video. <laughs> like, for me, I just, I just, it's really hard to picture, like, somebody, like, it, it's hard for me to marry those two images together. Because, mm. <laughs> like, when I hear Totally Clips of the Heart, I start giggling because I think the video is hilarious. Well, it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I, I will not disagree with that. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't. It's fair. That's a fair assessment of that video. There, like, there's this video where somebody... Have you seen those videos where they, um, they like, filk the words so that it's what someone is describing yes, what's going I on in the video? One. And those are the lyrics of the song. And the one for Totally Clips of the Heart is a masterpiece. Let's just call it, it like yes. it is. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. <laughs> like, how do you come back from from no? No, I think that's a good point, though. I think, yeah, music. That's a that's the perfect way. I don't know if I'd pick that song, mm-hmm. but that's, it's the perfect way to kind of deal with emotions. Go find a song that kind of fits it that are written by someone who probably has more writing talent than I do. So it's a good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good way to go about that. So I'll start a new subject. Um, so one of my favorite books is this book called The Show I'll Never Forget, and the subtitle is 50 Writers Relive Their Most Memorable Concert Experience. Mm. And um, the reason why, and it's got really great contributors. There's Jennifer Egan, who wrote Visit from the Goon Squad, and Ishmael Reed, um, and Chuck Klosterman, who we'll probably mm-hmm. mention. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure he's on the agenda today. Yeah. Um, and um, and I personally really liked it just because I had a very memorable. I like I have one of those. Like there's a couple of concerts. I'll, I mean, there's a lot of concerts I'll never forget, but there's one in particular that will always be like my greatest concert story. Mm-hmm. Concert. So, do you guys have a greatest concert story concert? Probably. I mean, no, I can think. I can think of one. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think I do too. Is this your way of asking if we're going to share? No, I just I just like to, I just figured I would, it's a good way to tie a book in. <laughs> no, that works. I mean, we can share. Well, mine was R.E.M. Um, mm. It was 1999, and I had, and this was the first concert, I was a, I was a freshman in college when, uh, well, I went, when I bought the tickets. So I woke up, and this is, bef- <clears throat> this is dating me, but this is before... Uh, buying tickets online was very common. So I woke mm-hmm. up at like the crack of dawn and in, in college, and when you're like a freshman in college, sometimes it's not that easy to do that. And I walked over to the nearest Ticketmaster and I waited mm-hmm. outside of the Ticketmaster window before they opened to get 
these REM tickets, and then we went. And I and I was really foolish because at the time, I didn't get great seats. I got lawn tickets for like the mm-hmm. local stadium, so yeah. <laughs> I could have gotten those at any time. And actually, one of my friends decided to join us at the last minute and bought her ticket the day before the show. So like you know. But whatever, it was like, for me, this was like, it had to happen. I had to make sure that I got those tickets. And um, and then we went and saw R.E.M. And while, we, you know, it was 1999 and there was all this like Y2K nonsense still going on and everybody was worried. And they had this just like amazing light lighting going on at the show. And, um, and they sang, so they had like two or three um, uh, songs at the end of the concert. What do you call it? You know, encores. The, encores. Thank you. I couldn't <laughs> remember the word. They had two or three encores, and the last song of the the last encore was "It's the End of the World as We Know It." Mm-hmm. And um, we were outside, and there was this crazy storm starting to come on, come over. And so, like, there's thunder and lightning, and this song is going on, and it's getting faster and faster and faster as as every stanza goes by, and the lights are getting faster and faster and faster, and like, and then it just starts pouring rain, and everybody's singing along, and everybody dancing it was just a crazy intense moment and I will always remember that <laughs> yeah that sounds good <laughs> Michael Stipe needs to write his memoir that would yeah. be I would read he, that yeah he really does I'd been hoping that Springsteen would write his so I'm gonna see if my next wish comes true, comes true. <laughs> I'm gonna see if he writes his that so I'm putting good. that out into the ether right now because I would say most of my other favorites have written memoir memoirs. That was going to be one of my final questions. Actually, it was if there were any. You guys just saved me time from asking. But yeah, (laughs) I would read Tori Amos. If Tori Amos wrote a memoir, I would read hers. That would be pretty interesting. I think that would be very Mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah. Just because, like, her albums, you know, like, if you have followed her career, they they shift, the, the tone has shifts depending on what's going on in her life. Um, you know, like from the choir girl, choir girl hotel. Oh my god, I can't talk. Like very dark because of just like personal stuff in her life, and then later they get very lighter, and things were people were not happy with it, and it's just and and there is just so much personal. There are just so many personal songs, um, particularly on like little earthquakes where she mm-hmm. describes yep. being sexually assaulted and things like that, and. That it, she really pours herself into her music. She does. I mean, mm-hmm. I would say most. Most do. Most yeah. do. But yeah, Tori Amos was kind of a big deal for me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty much all through high school and college, that was that was my girl. So yeah, I would read that if she had one. If she ever wrote it, which she should. So I'm mm-hmm. put that out there. That sounds good. Put that yeah. out there. Yeah, Carrie Brownstein wrote hers last year, Hunger Makes Me a Modern Girl, which I would recommend to a lot of, you know, us riot girls out there. That's definitely a must. I actually listened to that audiobook and she narrated herself. Most of them do, which is another thing I really like about the memoirs is you can listen to it and sometimes they'll incorporate some music into it as well. Like um, Amanda Palmer, who's known for being Neil Gaiman's wife in a lot of literary circles, but she's also a musician. And she wrote a book. I don't know if it was necessarily a memoir, per se, called The Art of Asking. It's classified as memoir, but sometimes it's self-help. But she, either regardless, tells a lot of personal stories about how how she became who she is and her life and all sorts of things like that. But she incorporated a lot of original songs into the audiobook as well. 
Yeah, um, Alex Ross, The um, he is a journalist, and he actually is uh, well-known in the classical music sphere. Like, he puts a lot of musical snippets in his audiobook. Listen to this, which I thought was really interesting. I really, I kind of, I like his stuff. Like, he's pretty good. His big one is The Rest is Noise, and that's always on a lot of lists, but I have not read it, but it's on my to-read list. Okay. Yeah. I think that, yeah, the the audiobook format definitely lends itself mm-hmm. to more creativity, I guess. That's mm-hmm. the right word. Yeah. Because that happens with, like, comedic audiobooks, too. Mm-hmm. But I could see how the music even more so, since, like you said, they can, like, add in music to it. Or even just if the artist is performing, it's more poetic. Like, um, mm-hmm. so Nick Cave has a book coming out called Sick Bag Song. It's coming out in October. And I got a little uh, snippet of the audiobook, which is read by him. And I want to listen to this audiobook every night before I go to bed for mm-hmm. the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it, I just listened to a little bit and I was like, yes, this is for me. <laughs> yeah, that was how I felt about um, Neil Young has a couple. Ooh. He, I think he has two or three. I've read two, so that's all I know. He has one called um, Special Deluxe, which was more about his life, uh, you know, outside of music and mostly like focused on cars honestly which i mean i don't really care about cars that's not really anything i'm into but i was just so into this audiobook just listening to him talk i was like oh wow anything he said i was just enthralled by it and then his other one was um waging heavy peace and that was about his musical career so he's another one if you just need to relax and listen to a calming voice <laughs> i share a birthday with neil young mm. nice thing so has anyone read the bob boylan of all songs considered your song changed my life yes Ooh, how is it i that's on my to read list oh i my thing sometimes with those sort of anthologies is i'll like sort of pick and choose yeah, different fair. aspects to read so yes that is a book that has been sitting on my shelf for years because it came out quite a bit ago, didn't it? I don't recall. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think it's been out for a couple of years. And that's one that I'll kind of pick up here and there and just kind of page through. But I remember there was – oh, gosh, I'm blanking on the specifics. But I know that there was – somebody wrote about the Smiths and I read it and I I enjoyed it. So, yeah, yes. I say check it out. Sweet. Mm-hmm. So moving, you know, away from or to what we discussed earlier with um, rock writers, you know, people who like write about the rock industry or just music industry in general. Do you have any favorites or books related to that that you would recommend to people? Um, I personally really like um, a man by the name of Peter Ames Carlin, who's a writer, and he actually wrote... Um, a book titled Bruce a couple years ago and it was sort of the definitive Springsteen biography Mm -hmm. that came out recently and it was it was a hefty book you know it was long but it was one of the few books that actually kind of got into Bruce's life and it was one of the few books that Bruce actually allowed interviews for 
like he actually talked to Carlin to give him some details. So that would be a good one to read for people who like his memoir that comes mm-hmm. out today. And I know he, Peter Ames Carlin, does have another book coming out about Paul Simon soon. Okay. So I'm excited to read that one. I just think he, his um, detail in his writing and his, you know, storytelling ability and his ability to kind of draw conclusions together about things that are seemingly unrelated I'm always impressed by. So he's one I always like to recommend. And um, another one that uh, I'm probably going to pronounce his name wrong. Liz, help me out if you know this one. <laughs> but um, Michael um, Azarad, who wrote Our Band Could Be Your Life, and he wrote that oh, book yeah. about, Nirva- about Nirvana. I don't know what the translation is. <laughs> I'm not sure either. Sorry, sir, <laughs> um, for that one. But yeah, his book, um, Our Band Could Be Your Life, kind of, you know, scenes from the musical indie underground i think is the subtitle and that talks about you know a lot of the bands they came out of college radio in the late 80s and you know early 90s and just hearing some of those stories from you know bands that you might have heard of but never really listened to mm. you know like Husker Du or a lot of other bands that people love like that and there you know there's not a ton of other books written about them so i think anytime you know there's a focus on a specific you know, a subgenre of music like that kind of college rock that was so popular. I would always recommend that book to anyone. And then there's some of like the big names, like uh, Greil Marcus mm-hmm. uh, has written a quite a few like highly crit- like well criticized books. Um, he his most famous one is Mystery Train, which mm-hmm. is about Elvis. Oh, okay. And then um, uh, one of my to reads is Nick Toshes Toshis, mm-hmm. and he actually writes a lot of fiction as well. And he has this one, it's very, um, it's just a very interesting title. It's called Country, the Twisted Roots of Rock and Roll. And the the cover of the book is kind of uh, like almost, um, it's really dark. And and I'm very curious to see what um, what he's going to talk about. I, I assume there's probably going to be some of that um, criticism of like the early rock and, roller, rock and rollers where, um, you know, there was a lot of cultural appropriation and things like mm-hmm. that. So it'll be, uh, that's a, that's one I'm looking forward to reading. It's going to be pretty interesting. Sounds good. It's probably not going to be like the warm, fuzzy golden era that a lot of other people may have written about. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure that's not. But uh, but then again, I have not read it yet, so we'll we'll see. Time will tell. Time will tell. Mm-hmm. So time will tell. So are there any other books coming out? I mean, you've all mentioned a whole bunch, so we may have tapped the list. But just oh, in case, I'll oh, use all the couple. <laughs> I'm sure Rachel still does too. Actually, I might. I might. <laughs> so, um, Haruki Murakami mm-hmm. has a book mm-hmm. coming out with. Um, uh, Seiji Ozawa, who was the, oh, I'm not sure if I pronounced the first name correctly, who was the um, conductor for the Boston Symphony Orchestra. Hmm. And uh, Jay Rubin is also one of the authors. And it's coming out in November, and it's uh, basically conversations between Ozawa and Murakami. And it's called Absolutely on Music. And so I'll be very curious to see, yeah. to read that, because mm-hmm. if you... You know, if you're even if you're not a classical music fan, the word Murakami might catch your interest. Or if you are a classical music fan, maybe you should read it. I mean, it, I feel like it'll appeal to a lot of folks. Yeah, for so, sure. Yeah. That sounds good. Anything else? Um, not what's coming out. Okay. Although um, I've got a few other books that are on my list of what I want to read or what I've read lately. Um, 
I recently read a book called, it's actually a young adult nonfiction book called Symphony for the Dead, Shostakovich and the Siege of Leningrad by M.T. Anderson, who's also a really well-known author, um, writes a lot of really great uh, YA nonfiction. And um, it's a story of um, Shostakovich, who, who, you know, was born in St. Petersburg, it turned into Leningrad, and he was, um, he was actually not in Leningrad for the siege, but he wrote the Seventh Symphony about it. And it's this... And in this, and the symphony first premiered, and like, it was just a really fascinating story. Like, it first premiered outside of, um, outside of the Soviet Union because of the war that was going on, and just after the war. And um, they, when he premiered it, he wrote it's like that famous line, "Music is my weapon." He wrote this little foreword to be to be spoken before the symphony was played. And um, and they say that, you know, that symphony helped convince the U.S. to give aid to the Soviets um, because there were a lot of people who were against that because the Soviets had been fitting, fighting with the Axis powers during World War II. Um, and then when they decided that they did not <laughs> want to be on the same side as Germany, like there were a lot of people who were like, you know what, no. And, uh, and, and there's also this video on Vimeo called um, The Fallen of World War II. And it talks about just like the sheer numbers of people who died during World War II. And it's staggering. And while I was reading this book, these like info, like these like infographics of like just the the way that they were shown how many people died during the siege of Leningrad was just it just kept flashing through my mind while I was reading this. It's just it was yeah, very it was so many people for. It was amazing. It was a pretty. It was a pretty strong book. So if you're interested in World War II stories or Shostakovich or you know classical music, it was pretty good. Or just want a good read. Yeah, <laughs> that works too. Mm-hmm. What about you, Rachel? Anything coming up? You looking forward to reading? Um, no, I think I covered pretty much everything earlier. Yeah. Got any more personal yeah. faves you want to gush about? Um. Well. Sure. Again, I could probably talk about that all day. But I think, you know, for maybe people listening that it can be a pretty overwhelming genre. Like if people want to start like, oh, this sounds really interesting. What should I listen to or what should I read first? Because there are so many musicians out there that have written books or books about them. Maybe we could just talk about some that we think everybody must read or some that are really popular. Sounds good. I know um, Life by Keith Richards is obviously a really popular one that was on the bestseller list for a long time. But a little known fact is that the audiobook is narrated by Johnny Depp. So that's one you can check out if you're sort of new to this whole genre and looking to get into it. That would be a good one to start with. Um, The Dirt by Motley Crue is probably one of the most famous ones because that that one is I'm not the biggest hair metal fan <laughs> <laughs> so um I wasn't that I'm not the biggest fan of their music per se but while I was reading that book it was actually pretty interesting and I actually got through it pretty quickly and so it gives you a new uh perspective if you will not that, not that there was anything too surprising in there I will say but um, some other ones that I think are really, really popular, um, Get in the Van, The Story of Black Flag by Henry uh, Rollins mm. was a really good one that I think a lot of people would like. He's such a good speaker. He is such a good speaker. I kind yeah. of had a crush on him. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Billy Idol wrote a book about 10 years ago, Dancing with Myself, <laughs> like appropriately titled. 
I would recommend that to anyone. You know, I never read it, but the book that I replaced the most at my library was um, Scar Tissue by Anthony Kiedis, who's of... um, Oh no! Oh, I the red hot chili peppers. The red hot chili peppers. <laughs> yeah. That that. I'll, I'll let my library keep that copy. <laughs> <laughs> but that was extremely popular. Like we yeah. we were. I, I mean, like I was only there for like four years, and I think I replaced it at least once a year. Like I what? just. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Another memoir that I read that I think was, you know, in this sort of same vein, but it was actually by a, a producer. And I know we talked about both Morrissey and Bowie earlier, but the producer that, you know, kind of famously worked with both of them was Tony Visconti. And he wrote a book in 2009 that was self-titled. And sometimes books by producers, you read the autobiography and then you read the biography and then you read some more, you know, rock critic writings. And then you can read about what the producer has to say. So if you want to bring everything kind of full circle, there's a whole nother world of writing by producer as well. So you can get as deep into the genre as you want honestly it kind of seems never-ending to me yeah there's a lot of different facets mm-hmm. out there a lot and you can also there's also a lot of really good books about like written by people who just feel really passionately about music you know mm-hmm. like uh there's this book um called um the importance of music to girls and mm-hmm. it was just this story that this woman wrote and she's an author and she just you know yeah, that was like that um, Girls to the Front, the story of the Riot Girl Girls, movement. Yeah. That was a good one. And then um, another really good one is uh, I just re- I just finished up um, Mo Meta Blues by Amir Thompson, a.k.a. Questlove of mm. The Roots. And Ben Greenman is the other author. And that one was really interesting because it really breaks up the pace of the book. It's It's not just a memoir, but there are, like, one chapter is an email between um, Questlove and Ben, and then one chapter is, you know, like, just a story about his high school years. But at the end of every chapter, he talks about the book, the the albums that he listened to that were the most important, like, the playlists that he listened to, the playlists that he made, the albums that he listened to that were really important in his life. And then there's, like, another chapter about... Um, like, you know, in one of the chapters, he talks about hearing the song Rapper's Delight on the radio in Philadelphia when he was young and how that, mm. you know, hugely affected him. And then, you know, his longtime producer, Richard Nichols, is the next. It's actually his point of view of Rapper's Delight in the next chapter. And he had a, he's, you know, 15 years older, at least I want to say even more. And so he had a completely different view on it because he was much older and was like, you know what? I wasn't impressed with the lyrics and, you know, I thought it was, there was better songs out there, but they didn't get the radio time. And, you know, like he had a completely different kind of, um, uh, perspective. I don't know. It was a really interesting mix. So if you, if you want something where you don't, you know, like if you're not a nonfiction person, this one really is like it, the pacing is very interesting. Hmm. I'll have right. to check that out. It was it was really well written. I really enjoyed it. That sounds good. Well, thank you, ladies, for coming on today. Sure. Thanks for having me. We have to have you. We have to have you back because you clearly could just go on and on. So we may have to do a part two. That happens with the genre ones. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, we just like keep talking and we're like. Oh, okay. We <laughs> have to have a part two, so. Rachel and I could probably go on for quite some time. Probably. Probably. We'll probably so good. We'll probably have you back at some point. Okay. So thanks. And um, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. Mad Magazine. Advertising mascots. B-movie posters. And cartoons. Oh yeah, can't forget cartoons. If you get the funky connection that ties these pop culture gems together, you'll dig two designers walk into a bar. See, we're a couple of creatively curious pals living between the bookends of grand museums and dive bars. Hey, you know the place. The sweet spot where highbrow and lowbrow become drinking buddies. So join our barroom chats as we talk influential work and uncover stories of how the familiar became iconic. Think behind the music for the stuff we love. Check out our website at twodesignerswalkintoabar.com. And listen wherever you get your podcasts or visit evergreenpodcasts.com.